You are listening to Four at the Back with Dan and Ken. It's Four at the Back, episode 14. I'm Ken Tomash in Phoenix, Arizona. And the other voice you will hear here is that of Dan Loney in Los Angeles, California. It's 107 degrees here today, Dan, or slightly cooler than the seat under Juan Carlos Osorio. What about out in L.A.? It's about, uh, it's a cool 87 or not quite as hot as Landon Donovan's abs. This week, he's back. David Beckham is on his way back to MLS in the LA Galaxy, but what reception awaits him? We'll also talk about the Gold Cup and the U.S. Open Cup, and we'll ask, should Super League be taken out and shot? I say yes, that's all ahead on this edition of For the Back. Topic one. That's right, the circus is back in town. It will be shortly. David Beckham is due to return to the Los Angeles Galaxy in the coming days ahead of his 2009 MLS debut next Thursday night against the Red Bulls at Giant Stadium. And the whole off-season drama with this guy had just quieted down when excerpts of a book written by Sports Illustrated's Grant Wall were released that seemed to show how dysfunctional this whole Beckham experiment has been to the Galaxy. Particularly damning were comments by Landon Donovan, critical of Beckham. And I'm quoting here, maybe he's not a leader, maybe he's not a captain, fair enough. But at a minimum, you should bust your ass every day. That hasn't happened. And I don't think that's too much for us to expect, especially when he's brought all this on us. All this, obviously, referring to the circus atmosphere surrounding the galaxy the last couple of years. And this also from Donovan in Grant Wall's book. He's not, meaning a good teammate. He's not shown that. I can't think of another guy where I'd say he wasn't a good teammate. He didn't give everything through all this. He didn't still care. But with Beckham, I'd say no, he wasn't committed. Now, Dan, were you more surprised to find out that Beckham's teammates felt this way or more surprised that Donovan actually spoke out? I was surprised that uh, that they would go on the record this soon uh, after the whole... <laughs> <laughs> the whole season came to a crash. And I think, uh, but as far as being surprised at what was said, absolutely not. I think it was, in Landon's case, uh, he thought he was going to be in Munich, and he thought Beckham was going to be in Milan, so why not spout off? He obviously had a lot on his mind, and he was, he just, he just vented. He just let it all out, and God love him for it. Well, this week, uh, Donovan didn't exactly back off the comments at all, but he did say that he wished he had brought his concerns to Beckham rather than sharing them with Grant Wall, which is fair enough, I guess, though maybe the time to think of that might have been, I don't know, last year sometime. But my question to you is, if Donovan didn't stand up for everybody else at the time, can he really call himself a leader, or is Beckham's cult of personality that strong or that intimidating that nobody was going to do that? That is an excellent question. He, going into... The Confederations Cup, but we have to think about how we all felt about Landon before that tournament. The idea of him taking a vocal leadership role was that was not really in his. That was not our picture of him, and 
So now we have a couple of things to work with. Now him as Captain America, basically, and also him saying exactly what he wants to reporters. He has said he's going to back off doing that or implied that strongly, which he could have handled that a lot better. I would have been much happier if he had said, I said it, I meant it, and I'll say it to his face. Uh, if it's all true, it's all true. Uh, I don't know what was happening in the locker, but I'm not surprised that Beckham lives in a bubble, and I'm not surprised that Landon, who's got his own issues, didn't necessarily want to deal with that. As far as him being a leader, maybe not last year, I think this year. Uh, well, how badly is he trying to go to Europe? I don't, I don't know if he's a galaxy leader. I know he's a U.S. leader, but the galaxy's a complete other issue right now. Well, so Beckham will get back this week, train for a couple days. It'll be a circus again, though a carefully managed one, as it always is. Then they're going to go play Thursday night in New York. On a fairly dead day of the sports calendar, right after the baseball all-star break, there's only eight major league games that night, not much else going on. It's on Fox Soccer Channel, so it's not on ESPN. That might mitigate it a little bit. But it's going to get a lot of press. What do you expect to happen next Thursday? Beckham will say, oh, my arm, I think it's broken. It's... Oh gosh, I have, I have no earthly clue. I know he will play, here's what I think. He will play about an hour, get subbed off, because he quote unquote not match fit. I'm sure that will be the excuse. Uh, after that, no one's going to say it's so much more miserable with him around. They're not going to play visibly worse, but he, he's not going to help. Uh, and, I think the Red Bulls are on, what, a 14-game losing streak, something asinine like that. Feels like it. I I think New York wins that game, so people will just take that little stat and run with it. So we talked about this before the season even started. Uh, what if the Galaxy was doing well? What if they were doing really poorly when he returned? And as we speak, LA is 4-3 and 9, which is not great, but they're tied for fourth place in the West, 10 points out of first. Do you think he can help? Can he hurt? Can he be neutral? Does it matter? He'll hurt. He, he will absolutely hurt. Uh, whatever teamwork that Bruce Arena has built, and we're getting all the propaganda this year about how much better it was than last year, we're going to get some of that same propaganda we got in 2007 with how committed a teammate he was, how hard he works, what a regular down-to-earth guy he was. We're going we're gonna to hear that gramophone player piano stuff again. But I think now the wizard has been shown. I th- he's going to hurt. He is going to hurt that team. And they weren't that good to begin with. Well, he'll be here for the final 13 league matches, any playoff matches, in plus theory. in theory, plus the money grabs, I mean the friendlies against AC Milan and Barcelona. And at the end of this, presumably mid-November or before, when he goes back to Europe, never to be seen again on these shores except in a commercial again, will it all have been worth it or not? Yes. Oh, uh, that's, oh, they made so much money. I'm not and talking about just from a money perspective. I mean, look at it from, from another, we know that he paid for himself pretty early, and that's because they pimped him out everywhere from here to Australia in the first six months that they had him. I'm talking about overall. Is it worth it? Yeah, and still because of money, because he was dumb enough to try and pay to get out of his contract early, with long after they've squeezed the juice out of that orange, and, and to pay extra to stay a few, Extra months in Italy, AEG played this masterfully. So, of course, it's worth it because that money is going back 
into MLS. It's going back into the galaxy. It's cheap publicity. It's gotten everyone a good laugh. Now that Landon has gotten some respect from those who didn't respect him, which had nothing to do with Beckham, uh, of course it was worth it. There's no other way to look at this but financially. Was it worth it for the Galaxy as far as putting a winning team on the field? No, but that hasn't mattered since uh, probably since 2002. LA at New York, Thursday night, July 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox Soccer Channel. Try and contain yourself, Max. Topic 2. After a 2-0 win over Honduras Wednesday night, the U.S. national team's on top of Group B in this year's Gold Cup. They'll finish up group play against Haiti Saturday in Foxborough. And barring disaster, they'll win the group and be in the quarterfinals. They open play with a 4-0 win over Grenada, who simply cannot play, last weekend in Seattle. But the win over Honduras, I thought, Dan, was a good, solid, exciting win. Well, it was, except we had to go to starters, more or less, to make sure that win was accomplished. You had to go to, I think of Charlie Davis now as a starter. I think of uh, Failhaber, if not a starter, then he's in the mix. And going to a bench for, uh, showing, <laughs> going to the bench in this case, had, he had a lot more talent, Bob Bradley did, than he had available to them against Brazil, where he had to go to the Chivas USA alumni squad. Uh, what we wanted to see were the starters getting it done. And while a few of them helped their cause, helped get on the World Cup roster, that's, that's what this tournament is about for, for the U.S. perspective. I don't think it's about winning the Gold Cup. I know that sounds very, uh, snobbish of me, but to me this is spring training and we're looking for certain players to, oh, what's the cliche, step up and get onto a roster that's now a lot harder to get onto. I don't think a lot of guys did that. Well, we should mention, too, that they're probably in the quarters anyway, but I'm just making the point that if they beat Haiti, they're very likely they're going to win Group B. That's um, neither here nor there. We have seen some different faces, though, than we saw in the Confederations Cup. Some of that is by design, some of it because of circumstances. I've been impressed with Robbie Rogers and Chad Marshall particularly, though I knew they were pretty good players. But let's talk for a second about Santino Coranta because he's a good human interest story, obviously, because he's come back from the drug addiction to show some of that potential that he's had seemingly forever, scored a very nice goal, which was a fantastic Fantastic build-up and a lot of teamwork for that. He was very active other than the goal. But can he realistically hope at this point to wedge his way into being a contributor on this team going forward on the basis of of this game or this tournament? Yes. Uh, the, the short answer is he's not a goalkeeper, so why not? Uh, if he were not as deep at forward as we want to think we are, even with Davies and Altidore and, and I guess, Brian Ching, uh, there will always be room for a guy who has that kind of energy. And we forget how he, he's been around since God was a boy, but he's only in his mid-twenties. He's just now hitting his prime. We'll assume for the second he's going to stay clean. Uh, I, I hate to even bring that up. But the way the World Cup works, you need everybody on that roster to contribute. So there's there's no reason Carranza can't make of the World Cup squad. He may not start, uh, but he there's no reason he won't see a bunch of minutes. There's no reason he can't contribute. Now, if there is a surprise in this Gold Cup, maybe it's not a surprise given that they made the semis last time around and got spectacularly hosed by an offside call that wasn't uh, offside against the U.S. It's Canada. By the time you hear this, they, they may very well have beaten Costa Rica. Are the Canucks or Guadalupe the biggest surprise in this tournament in your mind? 
Uh, Canada not underachieving, I, if that qualifies as a surprise, uh, I think the only bigger surprise were, would be if Mexico got a couple of ugly 1-0 victories and the Mexican press said, well, all that matters is winning. Uh, Canada has to, in order to, to impress me, and that may not be on their agenda, but in order to, in order to impress me, they, they're going to have to win when it counts. They're, they're not in the heck, so their program is just moribund right now. If they're looking at some first round gold cup to get some pride, I don't know what to say to them at this point. Except, uh, at least Quebec didn't secede. Well, they got that going for him. Now, Freddie Adu's performance in the Honduras game was apparently it for him for now. He's gone back to try to win a spot at Benfica or somewhere. And after so many called for him to be playing in the Confederations Cup, and then we see when he has been able to play uh, since then in Gold Cup, been good sometimes, not so good at other times. What is your take on Freddie Adu? See you in four years. Uh, it's We forget how young, it, even more so than Caranta, obviously. He's... You have to compare him to someone like Kobe Jones at 19. He's a much better player than Jones was, and Kobe ended up getting 4,000 caps. Uh, Adu has a, a better game. He needs to develop it, but he also needs to answer the call. He cannot have a bad game when he's given a start. Uh, and I realize I'm exaggerating a little when I'm saying he played badly against Honduras, but he really needed to impress and I don't think he's going to do much at Benfica, and that's that's it. Time has run out on this cycle. He needs to concentrate on being a better player. This is his first real, uh, real adversity, if you will, for the national team. Usually, he's just gotten up, shown up, won his spot, played well. Now he's going to have to take a break. Now he doesn't have a guaranteed spot. Uh, we'll we'll pick this up again in uh, 2011 and and see what he's been managing to do. But he's he's not a factor now. The U.S. plays Haiti Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's also on Fox Soccer Channel. The quarterfinal date very likely in Philadelphia on the 18th of July. When we come back, we'll talk about the U.S. Open Cup and the Superliga. I think one of them needs to go. That's up next. This is Forward the Back. Nice shot, Billy. Oh, he's gotten so big, Sarah. He never stops eating. All oh, that reminds me, I have to hit the store on the way home tonight. Stay with him, Sam. What? More food? No, smoke detector batteries. It's been almost a year since we've changed them. Oh, you know, I've never changed mine. Tell you what, if you pick up Billy from soccer practice uh-huh. tomorrow, I'll get you some batteries tonight. Hey, it's a deal. Change your smoke detector batteries at least once a year. Fire stops with you. A message from FEMA and the U.S. Fire Administration. You are listening to Four at the Back with Dan and Ken. And thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Thanks to those of you who've been subscribing and sending us your feedback and rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. Please tell a friend. Topic three. Well, after the USL teams had their day in round three, only one remains in the semifinals of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup for 2009. That would be the Rochester Rhinos, who beat the Wilmington Hammerheads in the quarters. They're going to get D.C. United, the defending champs, in the semifinals on July 21st, while the Houston Dynamo plays the Seattle Sounders in the other semi. Uh, The D.C. Rochester matchup uh, for you history buffs harkens back to 96, 
when D.C. beat Rochester, then an expansion team in the final. And that year, Rochester also made it to the A-League final before losing to Seattle. So there's a little symmetry there, uh, possibly on the horizon later on. And just as upsets make the NCAA basketball tournament interesting, but you don't want George Mason, Valparaiso, Butler, and Cornell in your final four. A three-to-one split seems fair to me, Dan, in terms of not being boring but not being irrelevant either. What would you say to that? Uh, I say as long as each team is bringing their top team, then we can have four, eight, sixteen upsets every year. The problem is MLS is choosing to play with one leg tied behind its head because they're not getting the money off this tournament. They're leaving themselves open to embarrassing upsets, which in turn (laughs) makes them less likely to be excited about this tournament. It's a negative feedback loop. Something has to be done, and I wish I could help. Well, I'm going to go with Seattle and D.C. in the final. Hopefully they can reprise that great league match of a month ago or so that ended 3-3. Who do you think wins the two semis next week? Or the week after, I I guess it is. the 21st, sorry. Yeah. Oh, rip! Oh, that's a, this tricky. It's it's the Julian calendar. I'm still on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take a flyer on the Rhinos, and usually I hate picking upsets for the sake of picking upsets, but this is so reminiscent of the '99 run when Rochester had the easy, easy path to the semifinals, and then just turned it on. They just did bushwhacked. Uh, Columbus 10 years ago. I don't think DC United is going to focus on Rochester. I think they're in the middle of just a hatchet fight in the East. I think they're vulnerable. I don't think just because they're in first place doesn't make you a good team. MLS has taught that every year of its existence. I think Rochester sneaks into the final. Uh, and as far as who they play, boy, I've, I'm just going to disagree with you all the way. I think Houston is going to uh, boy, that's such a good game, though, and Seattle is so into this. Boy, that's a tough. I'll just go with Houston because uh, it's they need to keep winning. Dominic Kinnear is is really feeling out his roster. He's he's got a good handle on it. I just I don't know why I'm feeling the dynamo. I'm just I think they win the tournament this year. I think Charleston would have been their biggest uh, biggest obstacle. Now they've gotten through that. There's no reason they can't win this. And last thing in the Open Cup, this uh, is shaping up as the lowest attended Open Cup tournament of the modern era by my count. Just over 2,200 people a game, and that's with that crowd of 16,000 in Portland in the third round. It seems like we cannot force people to care about this tournament. Sure we can. Uh, we get a few guns together. Uh, we okay. We throw in, we put it in season tickets. We hold it in the actual stadiums. We don't make people go off to God knows where if the MLS team is hosting, uh, like to uh, New Britain or Maryland or uh, and so on. And, well, not and so on and so forth. Ah, yeah, I'm already out of ideas because... You have to get the money in it to make MLS teams care. You have to get some sort of prestige. Otherwise, it's just a bear trap year after year. As far as fans, mm, boy, you can make it a little less difficult on them. I think it was Brian Shea on the big soccer blog who pointed out it was more expensive to go see Ocean City Barons play DC United than it was to see a Major League Baseball game. That's, That's a sort of economics that has to be corrected. 
So th- there are ways they can go. Uh, but then again, there's probably some uh, spare money lying around to just kidnap people and force them to watch. I think that might be one way to go. Well, as they keep adding these other tournaments and other competitions, it's only going to make it that much harder. I mean, when you say, okay, Super League has a big prize, and it's on uh, TV all the time, and we, it's really important to our, you know, certain demographic, demographic concerns. Uh, so you have to focus on this, and then fans are going, and you have to focus on the league, and some fans are going, and the Champions League as well. I mean, the Open Cup's going to be the one that gets squeezed. That's true. Uh, right now, they're, the only people who love the Open Cup are probably the sort who will listen to a soccer podcast talking about it. Especially this one. <laughs> so, we love the Open Cup, we love the history, and we have to find a way to market that. And by we, I mean the people who get paid to market it. Come on, I can't do your job for you. Open Cup semis, Tuesday, July 21st, Rochester at D.C. United and Houston at Seattle. Why did I pick two road teams? What's, what is my problem? <laughs> we have no time for that. It's only a half-hour show, Dan. Topic four. And our final topic this time around. Super League will hold its semifinals next Wednesday in Foxborough. It's Chicago and New England in one semi, the American semifinal, if you will. Tigres and Santos Laguna in the other, the Mexican semifinal, if you will. It's kind of like the Little League World Series now. At least we're guaranteed to have an MLS team against an MFL team in the final, something we didn't get last year. But it's my contention, Dan, that Super League was a decent enough idea, but it seems like if Chivas and America aren't going to be here, it doesn't look like many people are interested. And with the Champions League, we just talked about looking more like the tournament that's a little more fair, maybe a little more interesting, even though it takes longer to play out. I would just as soon have Super League dropped off the end of a pier. What say you? I think we need to admit that the Super League is a money grab, Make sure that teams like the Galaxy and Houston and Dallas and the more popular Mexican... T- what America and Chivas both missed the playoffs. <laughs> they won't have anything better to do next summer. They're, they're not going to Libertadores. <laughs> there is no Copa Sudamerica. You have to give it one more year to make sure that you can get some teams that will... That will A, show up, and B, not just tune it out like I guess Atlas did. Uh, it's, I, yeah, you know, it's trying to get Mexico to care about the Superliga. It's like trying to get MLS teams to care about Open Cup. And there's not a bright future for either of those tournaments if that doesn't happen. Uh, at least they're throwing money at the Superliga. It's good for MLS, but you just have to... It takes two to tango, unfortunately. Well, you mentioned MLS teams that seem to devote more resources to that than the Open Cup, which makes sense because there's more to be gained for them and for SUM, obviously. If Soccer United Marketing makes more dough, that helps the league in turn. But I can't really blame you know, the demographic that they're trying to impress, the fan of Mexican soccer, if they don't take this thing seriously. I mean, the Americans don't seem to take it seriously. Attendance is half of what it was two years ago, whether that's because of Chivas not being there, because of America not being there, because of David Beckham not going there. Can this thing even hope to survive, or given that next year's a World Cup year, do they just either completely blow it up and do something completely different in 2010, or do they just kick it to the curb? They could hold it, uh, yeah, putting it up against the World Cup, I didn't even think of that. That's uh, that's a non-starter right there. Uh, it, um, they could try to play it. Yeah, they could try play it in Mexico. They could try and play it in not just 
Well, they did drag the Wizards off to St. Louis, so they could try and force these teams to go farther away for MLS teams. But these Mexican teams, they have fans everywhere. Uh, so you could try and make a barnstorming thing out of it. Uh, but if I think next year is when you decide whether or not it's Old Yeller can't go anymore. Super League of Semifinals, Wednesday night, July 15th in Foxborough. They are on Telefutura, and believe me, Watching a game on Telefutura is not a bad thing if you're an English speaker, given some of the alternatives. Okay, how about some feedback now? This week, uh, we're going to spotlight those of you who've taken the time to review us on iTunes, for which we are greatly appreciative. All these are pseudonyms. Uh, thankfully, we haven't changed the names, but they have, obviously, to protect the innocent. Uh, Equalung says, these guys are knowledgeable, and as a bonus, they don't act like juveniles, as many sports podcasters do. Is that the, is that, are you talking about our show? I, he just hit the wrong button there. I don't know. <laughs> Plus, they focus on MLS and the U.S. national team, which is also rare, as most podcasts deal primarily with the EPL or other European leagues. Thank you, Equilung. A uh, very short one. Crown Boy says, great show. I can't wait for next week's show. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Thank you. 505 Anthony says, great podcast. Just started listening, and I'm glad I've subscribed. I like the interviews, as they're one of the few U.S. independent and unattached soccer podcasts. Maybe they could do a roundup of leagues elsewhere in CONCACAF as well, especially FMF, much as SoccerNet podcasts do for leagues outside the U.K. Just an idea. There's a reason that we don't delve too much into leagues out uh, elsewhere in CONCACAF. I don't think we know a damn thing about them. We would just be reading off scores. Now, that's technically our fault for not studying, but that would that would take a lot of time. And I've got a lot of begging on the street to do in order to earn my paycheck. I, I busk on, I play harmonica, I play the favorites from the 30s. So I don't have time to learn about uh, other leagues. I don't even have time to learn about MLS. Have a hard enough time with that. The, the, the basic point is that, uh, we have a niche. We like this niche. We like the format here. Where there's not a lot of voices, we, we think anyway, that do, uh, the type of show the way we do it. For better, for worse, whatever your preference, that's fine. But, um, there's not a lot of interest, I think, out there, but especially on our half, uh, on our half of the equation, because quite frankly, we're not getting paid to do this. So there you go. I would, I would listen to an English language FMF show. I think that would be fascinating. I'm just the wrong guy to do it. <laughs> you have a hard enough time with English language anyway, much less English, English language or something else. <laughs> I sure am. Hogue Mahone says, I was turned on to this podcast after the Philadelphia Union name and logo announcement, and I've been hooked ever since. Well, thank you very much, Pogue. Dan and Ken use a great blend of no-nonsense analysis and humor to make this podcast one of the best, if not the best, U.S. soccer and MLS one available today. That's what Pogue says. Well done, fellas. You have a loyal listener in me. Keep up the good work. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. M. Grayscale in Austin, Texas says, Ken and Dan have done a very good job at putting together a succinct, objective, mostly an entertaining soccer show. I listen to a variety of podcasts on soccer, from ESPN SoccerNet to Chappers to MatchFit USA, all good shows. Uh, these, to me, he says, are the gold standard, which this show has definitely joined. Thank you very much. Uh, Ken and Dan talk about subjects that are pertinent to the world of football and provide enough opinion to be entertaining, but not so much that you come away thinking, pompous ass. I'll try harder. 
I would encourage anyone who's a fan of soccer, especially MLS, to listen to each episode. The only thing that I would like to hear is more discussion on the USL leagues. Unlike other shows, I'm sure Ken will grant me my wish. Keep up the good work, fellas, and know that you are well-liked in Austin. Well, thank you, uh, M. Grayscale. We, and we do talk about USL. We're USL-friendly. We like USL, and we'll have more USL talk as the summer goes on, I'm sure. Uh, Enlightened Despot says, great way to get ready for a weekend of soccer. Best part of the show are the interviews, which we didn't have any of this week. Sorry, Enlightened. Uh-oh. <laughs> he, says, he says, even if they can't jet out to Milan to record them, or pretend to for that matter. Someone named XX32 says, pass by this pod. Dan brings it down so much it turns to crap. Waste of time. That's fair, huh, Dan? Well, maybe XX32 should pass this pod by. You know, when I woke up this morning, I was in such a good mood, and it was because XX32 was was listening in and hopefully enjoying, and now it's just, oh, what do I do now? Another satisfied oh. customer. Well, if you would, please, go to iTunes and uh, rate and review us, either or. There's a link on Ken.com that will take you right there, and you can subscribe if you have not already, and thanks to those of you who do. Ken, Ken does a very good job. You don't have to rate the show bad just because you don't like me. You could, well, I guess you kind of have to. You're half the show, dude. <laughs> also, please continue to send us your emails. We do appreciate them. What's the email address? The email address is podcast at ken.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at K-E-N-N.com. Send us your thoughts, your likes, your dislikes, your suggestions, anything you want. Again, that's podcast at ken.com. And finally, it's time once again for our traditional end of the show, the lightning round. 30 seconds on the clock, please. First answer that comes to your mind, Dan. Ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Halfway through the MLS season, who's your MVP and why? Uh, Scalotto, because I have no imagination. Since Andrew Bell appeared on our show, the Charleston Battery have lost two league matches and crashed out of the Open Cup. Coincidence? Conspiracy. And Mexico's home qualifier against the U.S. will be at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Name one other thing they can do to ensure a win over the Yanks. Well, they can schedule it in February during a blizzard. Come on, we do this, too. We can, we're going to whine about this. We're not going to win anyway. I think that's it. Dan, any final thoughts? No. Why did I think there would be? Okay, thanks for no. listening. Tell a friend. Until next time, for Dan Lodi, I'm Ken Tomash, and this has been Forward the Back. Well, there it is, a match that had everything, and one that certainly lived up to its promise. It's only a pity that somebody usually has to lose. But there's always another day, another great match to be drawn, lost, or won, when we'll join you again.